It was a few days before Christmas when Rob realized his father loved him. He and his family lived on a farm, and there was always lots and lots to do. The rhythms of chores and school and work filled their days, and there never seemed to be all that much time to just sit around and talk. But that morning, a few days before Christmas, when he was 15 years old, Rob heard his father and mother speaking in the hallway outside his bedroom door. It was 4 a.m., the time when his father always woke him up for his morning chores. Mary, his father said to his mother, I hate to call Rob in the mornings. He's growing so fast and he needs his sleep. If you could see how he sleeps when I go in to wake him up, I wish I could manage alone. Well, you can't, Adam, his mother responded. Besides, he isn't a child anymore. It's time he took his turn. Yes, his father said slowly, but I sure do hate to wake him. And that's when Rob realized it. His father, who didn't speak all that much, loved him. It simply hadn't occurred to him before that his father thought of him in this way, that he wasn't just a son, but was in fact cherished, loved. And as the thought sank in, Rob started thinking about Christmas just a few days away. Now that he knew his father loved him, now that that reality was beginning to sink in, he wanted to give his father a gift, something that would let him know that he loved him back. And so the idea came to him. He would wake up on his own Christmas morning, early enough to do all the chores before his father woke up. His father would wake to a surprise that morning. The cows milked, the barn cleaned. So Christmas Eve came, and Rob could hardly sleep that night. He kept waking up at 1, at 2, at 2.30, checking the clock each time. And finally, at 3 a.m., he threw back the covers and got dressed and put on his boots and quietly crept outside. It was cold, and the stars shone brilliantly up in the sky. Soon he was at the familiar task, the milk filling the pail. But something was different. It wasn't really a chore this time. It wasn't work, but a gift to his father who loved him. The time passed quickly in the early morning, quiet. And before he knew it, the job was done, and he was covering the full pails of milk in the barn and making his way back to the house. And he got back into bed and waited for his father to wake and find the gift that he'd been given. So goes the story, Christmas Day in the Morning by Pearl Buck. Not very much happens in its few pages. I've just told you most of the action right there. But it struck a chord with me this year, and it brought me back to the simple heart of the Christmas story, the surprising power of love. It is easy to lose sight of that center any year in the busyness and distractions and all the heightened expectations that come with this season. Maybe it's particularly easy to lose sight of it this year, with so much bitterness and fatigue, with so many plans that are up in the air or dashed to the ground. But that is what this night is all about. That is what draws all these familiar characters together. Love. It is love that found Mary that day back home in Nazareth nine months ago. We know virtually nothing about her, Nothing about her past actions or her grades in school or how many Bible verses she knew by heart. Gabriel didn't come to her saying, greetings, virtuous one, or greetings, brilliant one, or greetings, straight-A student. 
He said, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. That's what we know about Mary, that she was cherished, that she was loved. It's love that filled the angel song that first Christmas Eve. Glory to God in the highest heaven, they sang, and on earth peace among those whom God favors. There's that word again, favored. It's a song of love for the whole favored world, a song promising peace and joy to the earth and all its creatures, everyone lovingly made and cherished by God. The good news this night is for all of them. And it is love that found the shepherds out in the dark fields. Again, we know very little about these characters. Luke doesn't tell us that they were particularly pious or particularly well-behaved or particularly deserving. They were just ordinary shepherds, minding their own business in the fields one night when the dark sky suddenly caught fire. Shepherds were peasants in Jesus' time. This was a job that few people would want a life spent mostly outside, on the edges of towns, away from other people. It was hard to have a family as a shepherd. This tended to be work for loners, for last-born sons who had no other options in their families. If you could do nothing else with your life, well, maybe you could be a shepherd. And it is love that finds them. These poor people with few options living on the margins. Do not be afraid, the angel says to them. I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. Do you hear it? A child is born to you. Not a child is born to this nice young couple in the town over there. You are not bystanders in this event, the angel says to the unsuspecting shepherds. You are not on the edges of things anymore. You are included. You are part of the family. You are cherished. You are loved. It is love that draws together all these familiar characters in the Christmas story tonight. Love that seeks them out and sweeps them up and gathers them in. It is love that means to find us too, wherever we are. We are meant to overhear this story and know that we too are included. We too are part of the family. This child is born not just to Mary and Joseph and not just to a bunch of people 2,000 years ago, but to you and to you and to you. The love of God born in Jesus is for you. You are cherished. You are loved. Back to Pearl Buck's story. Many years later, when Rob looks back on that Christmas when he was 15 years old, he recognizes it for what it was first time he gave a gift in love. This is direct quoting from the story now. Ah, that was the true joy of life, the ability to love. For he was quite sure that some people were genuinely unable to love anyone, but love was alive in him. It still was. It occurred to him suddenly that it was alive because long ago it had been born in him when he knew that his father loved him. That was it. Love alone could waken love. Love awakening love. Is there a better summary of the Christmas story? Starting with the lowly and the unsuspecting, the love of God comes to us and includes us. 
Jesus comes to this world so we might know the grace that is there at the heart of God and know that it is for us. You are loved, the angels say. And because that's so, love can awaken in us. Because we know how deeply we are loved, love can be born in us again. This Christmas is something of a mess for many of us. Another COVID Christmas, says the headline. Another holiday of uncertainties and disappointments, of plans reworked, of distance from loved ones, of a whole lot more loneliness and isolation than we would like. A pandemic can do lots of things. It can cancel flights and disrupt gatherings and dampen spirits. It can leave us bereft and grieving in many ways. But here is what a pandemic cannot do. It cannot silence the angel's song. It cannot stop the love God has for this world and for us. It cannot block the news that we are included, that we are cherished, that we are loved. No matter what this virus does, it cannot keep that gift from coming again and again. Your job tonight is simply to receive it, to receive the gift of love freely given, to let it sink in, and then to let love be born in you again. That's the true joy of life, after all, the ability to cherish others, the ability to give, the ability to love. Friends, that joy is there for you tonight. No matter how messy this Christmas is, may you find yourself sought out and swept up and gathered in by the love of God. And may you find love newly awakened in you. Amen.